Welcome to the weekly podcast of Upper Room Christian Fellowship in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you for listening. We are in some heavy stuff this morning, which is good. Romans 5 is one of those chapters that, at least the parts that we're going to touch on right now, is typically a a tough uh, verses to go through in church service, so a lot of churches kind of bypass it. But see, it's really important because in Romans 6 through 8, um, we learn how to live as Christians. To live, really, if you will, as Jesus said, the abundant life. But see, to do that, we must understand something doctrinally speaking. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. So, if you have your Bibles, if you turn with me to Romans chapter 5. And during that too, if you would stand for the reading of God's Word. Starting at verse 12. Therefore... Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who was the type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense, for if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came from the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one man, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in the life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just pray as we come to this passage, Lord, that each one of us would uh, would receive what your Spirit would speak to us through your Word. But not only receive it, Lord, but that you would help launch us into understanding better chapters verses six, chapters six through eight in Romans. Lord, my prayer for each of us is that we would truly understand what it means to have the abundant life of Christ in our lives. We pray your blessing upon this time, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Therefore, what's the therefore, therefore? Well, let's drop back just to verse 8. 
But God commanded or demonstrated His love towards us in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified, declared righteous by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. For if we were enemies, we are reconciled to God through the death of His Son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We were enemies of God, but God sent forth His Son to die for us in our place, that we've been reconciled to Him now, that we now have access. Remember, we went over this. We went over this, and we'll just kind of go over it quickly. We have access. We've been declared righteous. We're accepted in Christ. Standing in His grace, His favor, rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God given to us, of being transformed into Christ's image, given the Holy Spirit who pours the love of God into our hearts. I'm a recipient of God's love. Power now to live as Christ. Wow. Therefore, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, death through sin, and thus death spread to all men. Now, through the one man, that word through means on account of, because of another. The consequences of one man, Adam, Sin entered. That word entered means to arise, come into existence, to begin to be in the world. See, sin didn't enter the world through Satan. That surprised you? It was through Adam. Now, Satan tempted, but Adam willfully disobeyed. Spread. It spread to pass through to all men. Through who? The seed of Adam. We all... Okay, this is where it gets hard. We all have inherited the sinful nature of Adam. We are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. It's called the original sin in Bible doctrine. David put it this way. We're thinking about the baby that was just born to Brittany and Matt, and we also think of Elijah and Brianne and their baby, but David says this, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Now, think about it with me. Think about little Johnny. Oh, little Johnny, he's such a sweet child. Never does anything wrong. Beautiful, perfect child. Now, when you have children that really comply, that really, you know, are easy, you know, it's interesting because somebody says, oh, I have an easy one. I mean, everybody understands what that means. But, you know, mom set up a little play date for Johnny. So Johnny goes over to little Jimmy's house and they're playing. And the moms are in the kitchen drinking coffee. And they're talking about how good their kids are. And Johnny, oh, Johnny's such a sweet child. I never have any problems with him. He's so sweet. We saw, oh, he's just such a, a joy to be around. Then all of a sudden, there's a big wailing and crying in the other room. And Jimmy's crying really loud. And John, Johnny's over there with a truck playing with it. And then they find out what happens. See, Johnny wanted the truck that Jimmy had. So what he did was he took the truck from Jimmy, took the truck and hit him over the head, and then went over there and played with it. 
Johnny, sweet little Johnny, he's never done this before. It's because Johnny, bless his little heart, is a sinner. You with me? Verse 13. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. It's not accounted to them. Now, it doesn't mean that they weren't sinners. Because remember, they were born in sin. But the, the law wasn't put down so that they can say, okay, this is sin and it's accounted to them. Now, I'll finish the point in a second. But it was like this. I had a neighbor, Mr. Vasquez. And he was a neat man. He was an older man. He had like six or seven kids. So he got kids. He understood them. They were all grown up and left the house. But see, the problem with Mr. Vasquez is that he had this beautiful lawn, but it was on the corner. Now, when I was late for the bus, you had to make the quickest path there. So I would cut across Mr. Vasquez's lawn. And I did this several times until one day as I was stepping on the lawn, Mr. Vasquez popped his head out and said, Luke, you stay off my lawn, boy. Use the sidewalk. Now, Mr. Vasquez was very respected in our neighborhood. So I just said, yes, sir, Mr. Vasquez. And then from then on, I walked on the sidewalk. But, see, he put down the law. He put down a sign, if you will, do not walk on my grass. Now, if I would have walked upon that grass, I now had the law, and now I was going to transgress, which we'll see in a second. You with me? Transgression is willful disobedience to what you know is to be right. Look at verse 14 now. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Now, Adam was given the law. I'll speak about that in a second. But there was no law given from Adam to Moses. But still, death reigned. What does that mean? Sin, again, the the ramification of sin is death. Pointing to the fact that we're sinners and we're to die. So even though the law wasn't there because the law was a reflection or mirror that tells me what's right and wrong in the sense of what God says, I still was a sinner. But now, having the law, I know what it means. It's like crossing the lawn after he tells me not to do it. Now I know it's wrong. Even though my conscience already spoke of it, like we learned in Romans chapter 1. So, nevertheless... Because of their sinful nature, death reigned from Adam to Moses, but not sin according to the likeness of who? Adam. Now, the likeness means figure, likeness, representation of the transgression of willful disobedience. Adam was humanity's representative. Adam was given one commandment, one law. Adam, do not eat from the tree of good and evil. That's the only law that was given to him. He could walk on the grass. He could pick the fruit. He could do what he pleased because he was not in a sinful nature. He did not have a sinful nature. All he knew was he was not supposed to eat from that tree. Now remember something. Eve was deceived by Satan and she partook. But the responsibility goes on Adam because Adam willfully took from it. Adam made a logical, well, to him, a choice. I don't say logical. Let's face it, he was chasing the girl. But still, he made that decision. 
It was a willful disobedience. Now he is our representative. He was the one that took our place in that garden. Now there's people that have a problem with that. I would have not made that choice. I don't care how beautiful Eve was. I don't care how connected we were. I wouldn't have done it. But see, here's the thing. Adam was the best representative of all mankind. He was made by God by his hands. God breathed into him. He was perfect. God said, it is good. Adam was the best representative of all the history of mankind. Nobody could have done it better. Let me give you a bad example, but it's an example. Let's say somebody walks into our church during a worship and he's fully hooded, you can't see any of his features, and he sits down. Travis is looking at him saying, man, if this guy pulls a gun, Brian's thinking the same thing. If he pulls a gun, I'm tackling him. Travis is thinking, if he pulls a gun, I'm running to the door, every man for himself. But see, what happens then, is right before I get to teach, Warren Buffett walks in the door. And these other guys come in with a tire. And Warren Buffett says, hey, I got a deal for you all. As they're hanging a tire there, it says, here's a football. One of you, if one of you can throw that football through that tire, I'll give you all collectively $1 billion you can split. Now everybody be looking at each other, oh, wow, we got to pick the best person. Of course, Sean would say, wait, I play football. Josh would say, come on, look at me, of course I can do it. Brian would say, really, are you guys really debating over this? Elijah would go, hey, I play quarterback. But I would have the football in my hand. And everybody would say, no, Luke, don't throw it. We know it takes you a hundred times to throw the ball before you warm up. The thing is, is none of us would be very good. Except for one thing. See, Ezra would be staring at him and he'd go, guy with the hood. He goes, I know you. You're Patrick Mahomes. Pulls off the hood and he goes, yeah, that's me. We want you to throw the football. We would all say we want you to throw the football. Except for Melissa. She'd say, why is the guy that's in commercials throwing a football? But we'd all agree he would be the best representative of us to throw the football. Well, if you will, I know that's a bad kind of, but you get the idea. There was nobody that would have been better than Adam. So in Adam, our representative, we all sinned. But notice he was a type of him who was to come. Look at verse 15 now. But the free gift is not like the offense, for if by one man's offense many die, by his transgression, we all become sinners. We all die. But notice this. Much more. Much more the grace of God and the gift of the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. The grace of God, the gift by the grace, one man, Jesus, the last Adam, our representative, abounded, overflowing to many. Jesus became our representative. Jesus the Son of God. 
Now, understand something. See, through Adam, all become sinners. Through his seed. So everybody in here has been born from the seed of Adam. You know, there's this talk about all these different races. To be honest with you, there's only one race. I mean, we just have different color of pigmentation. We come from different places, but we're all from the same race. We all come from Adam. We all come from Noah. All of us. But see, here's the problem. Anybody born through a man is going to have that sinful nature. Ah, now we understand why Jesus had to be virgin born. Because the sin nature does not go through the woman. It has to go through the man. So Jesus was virgin born. His father, again, was the Holy Spirit. You with me? See how God fits this all? It's amazing to me when people question God and His Word and the wisdom, the understanding of God. Now, look at verse 16. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation. You were sentenced and condemned. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Just as Adam, with one offense, now we're all offended. Through Christ, our our offense came upon Him. And though He was righteous and true. So because of that, Him taking it upon Himself, we understand why John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Or Peter says, who himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. Through Adam, we all sin. All our sin went on Christ. He died for us, taking our place. Adam was our first representative. Jesus Christ is our second. First Adam, Paul calls Jesus the last Adam. Now, verse 17. For by one man's offense death reigned through the one man. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. If by Adam's offense death reigned, much more, those who receive abundance, that word actually means super abundance of grace, the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Verse 18, Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life, just as if I never sinned, declared righteous. Or like Paul says in Philippians, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. See, I cannot be righteous by keeping the law. Why? Because the law, just all it did was just say, hey, you're a sinner, dude. See, God had to do that. Why? Well, because... Again, if I knew I could cross that grass, I have to tell you, the first few times I felt guilty. Then the next few times I thought, I'm getting away with it. 
Then the next few times I thought, he doesn't care. Until he stepped out and said, no, no, no. Now I know it's wrong. I know it offends him. Well, it's the same thing with sin. We're all born in sin. And remember when Noah, right before the flood, God said now their hearts are just in their thoughts and their intent and everything is on wickedness. It just permeated their whole being. So again, the second Adam came and through him now we've been declared righteous. But it gets better. Let's go on. Look at verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. In the garden. Perfect scenario. The only work involved here is what do you want to eat? Pineapple? Well, actually, I'm sorry. That was bad. Orange? Whatever you want. You just imagine him just laying there, his head laying next on a gorilla, and they're both eating bananas. No worries, no cares. Everything's given to him. Everything's perfect. Except, and you always wonder, why were they hanging out by the tree? It's because it's human nature. Curiosity. And so, in that disobedience, in that garden, in that one act of dis- willful disobedience, came sin. He disobeyed God. Let's fast forward. The last Adam, he's in a garden. He brings three of his disciples to pray. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then he goes before his father and he says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Father, if not, not my will, thy will be done. So in obedience, Christ went to the cross. In obedience, where Adam failed in disobedience, Christ gained victory in obedience. And all we can say is, Hallelujah, Amen. Verse 20. Moreover, the law entered the offense might abound. Listen, where sin abounds, not grace abounds much more. The law reflected our sinful nature, helping us realize how sinful we are and our need for a Savior. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Stop. You're a sinner. But it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how vile it is. How sickening maybe to everyone else. Understand this. That there's no sin that has ever been committed that cannot be covered by the blood of Jesus Why the pause? Because still some of us keep thinking that we're vile. God can't love us. We're just going to limp in through heaven. God says, no. 
that you think is so horrific. My grace covers it so much more. Much more. Did you catch that? He said it four. Actually, I think he says it six times in this chapter. Much more. Oh, much more. Much more is his grace towards us. Much more is his, if you will, love. Paul said this to Timothy. He said, And grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Bless you. Now, in conclusion, I want to look at four reigns. We kind of went over two of them. We're going to go over the other two in this verse. But I just want you to know, reign means to rule. It means to exercise the highest influence to control first. Okay, so it's control. Reigns. Now, first one I want you to look at is verse 21. Look at this. So that as sin reigned, death. Sin reigned. In birth, again, you and I were born with that sinful nature. Sin reigned in our lives. It controlled us. It enslaved us. It ruled over us. Now, drop down to verse 17. For by one man's offense, death reigned. Born to die, you and I. Born with a guilty conscience. Born to sin. Now, really, in one of the most haunting, beautiful passages in the Bible, Job says it this way. Man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He comes forth like a flower and he fades away. He flees like a shadow and does not continue. He goes on to say this, As drought and heat consume the snow waters, so the grave consumes those who have sinned. Just everything. Sin reigns. Death reigns. Death still reigns. Again, Saving Jesus Christ coming before. I'm a bearer of truth. You are all going to die. Death is the greatest fear of all mankind. Death is the greatest topic of mankind. What happens when you die is a question we all must ask. We know as believers where our home is. It's with Him. How does that happen? Go back to verse 21. So death reigned, even so grace might reign through righteousness, through eternal life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace reigns. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, listen to this, verses 5 through 9. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made alive together with Christ, By grace you have been saved and raised us up together, made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness towards us in Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of
grace. 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 Tell yourself this this morning. Just right now. I go by God's grace. Now, usually what happens when you speak of God's grace is we start thinking, well, that's going to happen. You know, everybody's just going to do what they want to do. Well, again, that's transgression. That's willful disobedience. It's not what we're called. The last thing I want you to look at is again in verse 17. Go back to verse 17. For by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. That means now. This life. The life you are living. Peter puts it this way. I'm going to quote a lot of them. Ready? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. 1 John 5, 1, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves Him, who begot also Him, loves Him who is begotten of Him. Okay, so here was the problem. problem is this. See, For God to save us, God must change us because we have a sinful nature. In that sinful nature, we'd always be separated from God. For God is holy. God's too pure to look upon sin. You and I have a problem because, see, we were born in sin. That's why Jesus, when he was talking to Nicodemus, said, unless one is born again, cannot see the kingdom of God. We had to be born again. So what happened was you heard the Word of God. You heard the Gospel message. You heard the story about Jesus Christ being our representative, taking all our sin upon Himself, taking our penalty upon Himself, going to the cross, taking all the handwritten requirements that are against us, nailing it to the cross, dying for us, that His blood would wash and cleanse us. But something happens inside us too. Is that now the Spirit of living God has taken residence. We are born again. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that fantastic? So that we have now been born again. John says this in 1 John 5, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, listen, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In 1 John chapter 2, he says this, If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of God. What does that mean? It means something has changed inside me. Not only I know what's right and wrong, but I want to do right. But sometimes I don't do right. There's this struggle with me. Good news. That's what we're going to be talking about the next three chapters. That struggle. That battle that's real. Jesus said the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. 
He wants to keep doing this to us as believers especially. You're not good enough. You're not worthy. Lost your temper again. I can't believe it. You get so angry. Look at you. You're not a believer. Where's the righteousness? Where's the fruit of the Spirit? Where's all this stuff? And he likes to pound and take away your joy, take away your peace, take away the understanding that God loves you unconditionally, completely. Remember, we talked about this. When it says he poured his love into us, it means completely. And God's love is eternal. It's infinite. There's no measure to it. He loves you. The enemy will continue to say, no, he doesn't. And Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Folks, that means now. He's not speaking of eternal life there. He's speaking of a life now. That we have peace with God. That we have joy with God. That we have God's love. And Peter puts it this way. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous lights. Now, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 22 and 23, For as Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ the first fruits. So we also have the promise of eternal life. To be with him forever. That we will be transformed. That we will be changed. And then the last one I want to leave you with is one that will springboard us into the next. In 1 John 3.9 it says, Whoever has been born of God does not sin. And we're supposed to be perfect? For his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Now, we read that and we go, well, does that mean we're supposed to be perfect? Now, there's actually some that believe that's what it means, that we're supposed to be perfect. But if we were to read John in his whole context in chapter 1, he says, if you say you have not sinned, then you're a liar. And he means now as a believer. It says, but if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So again, putting them together is just a simple understanding. What is it? It's like, look, you have been given a new nature. You are born again. You do not have to walk in sin anymore. You are righteous because he's declared you righteous. But not just declaring you righteous, he's declared you holy. And not only that he's declared you holy, he said, my joy is upon you. My love is upon you. My peace is upon you. Now go walk. And see, if we grab that understanding, then we understand something too. You and I, we have a choice every day. Willful obedience, willful disobedience. The thing is, is with disobedience, we sin, we confess our sins, we're forgiven. But see, willful obedience draws us closer to Him. Closer to understanding. Closer to understanding the love, the joy, peace. Life that God has for you and I. 
Oh, none of us are perfect here. But I got great news. We got a perfect Savior. And He never gives up. And He never stops working on all of us. Isn't that wonderful? Super abundant grace is yours mine. But we gotta go on. Don't give up. Don't give in. God's called you a higher calling. He's called me to a higher calling. But we have to be willful to listen and to obey. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this morning. Thank you for your truth. But first of all, Lord, I, first of all, just want to ask for your forgiveness of my failure this week. Lord, I confess my sin before you as I pray my brothers and sisters are doing the same. But I pray that they don't wait till Sunday. Lord, that they pray daily. Lord, we just thank you for your grace that is super abundant. We pray, Lord, that we would be men and women that would offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to you so that you can do your wonderful work in each of us. Lord, my prayer this week is is that you would help each of us to understand what that is and what that means to us. And Father, I pray that you would prepare our hearts for the work that you are doing in our lives, but also for our understanding of that work and how we can be better equipped in this life, especially as the enemy continues to attack. Bless, Lord, I pray, this body. Bless, bless it in the name of our, our last Adam, our Savior, the righteous one, the obedient one, the perfect one. Lord, we just thank you for your word, for your word declares truth. Help us to be children that listen and obey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 